Have the jury reached a verdict on which they are all agreed? Yes, we have. Do they find the defendant guilty or not guilty of murder? Guilty. I'm not guilty by association. I'm not guilty. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast. We are Jemba, joint enterprise not guilty by association. On the 23rd of April 2019, Meshach Lee Mitchell Williams was attacked in Harlesden, London. Dominic Calder and Mikhail McQueen, both 18 at the time, were both charged and convicted with his murder, even though they did not take part in the attack on Meshach. They admit being at the scene, but took no part in the physical assault. We speak to both mothers, Karen and Patricia, about their sons and how they were convicted using joint enterprise. Our theme music is by the incredibly talented Goddess. Please go and check him out on social media. And if you need any more information on Joint Enterprise, go to our website, www.jointenterprise.co. Now, over to our host, Ava. Hi, welcome back to the General Podcast. Today we have Karen and Patricia joining us. They're going to be talking about their son's cases, Mikkel and Dominic. How are you both? Good evening. Um, I'm fine. Thank you very much. Hi, Eva. It's Patricia here. I'm fine. Thank you. Okay, perfect. So let's dive in with the first question. Um, could you both tell us in your own words about your loved one's case and treatment by the various legal entities? Okay. Hi, I'm Patricia, mother of Dominic. Um, Dominic was 18 at the time, charged with murder. Um, we had no knowledge of much of any of the legal um, circumstances, really. We were blind to it all. It was all new to us as a family, and it was all new to Dominic as um, an, a, an accused person. We had issues from day one when we tried to change the solicitor. When we realised what the charge was and how brave how serious it was, we actually tried to change the solicitor. That alone presented problems because he had signed um, paperwork at the police station. So we had an ongoing battle, but we had to stay with the solicitors that he had signed for. So we had to make the best of what we didn't even want in the first place. Um, yeah, throughout it all, we were kept in, we were kept up to date and we were kept informed. So on that foot, I can't say they failed us. We believe that they represented us to the best of their ability. But again, not knowing much about the legal system, it's all new. So we don't know if things could have been done different. It's only afterwards you sort of speak to other legal parties and tell them this should have been done and that should have been done. And but at the time we didn't really know. We were like finding our own feet and trying to support Dominic in the you know, in the scenario that was unfolding in front of us. That's how it really unfolded. that's how it really started. So, hi, um, my name's Karen. I'm Mikhail. Queen's mum. As the same with Patricia, I we had our solicitor um, communication was good between us. Um, met the barrister. Everyone seemed to think we, um, Mikhail would be fine because um, he wasn't accused as the stabber. Um, the stabber was identified um, as somebody else, and it was um, the whole case was based around that person. Um, so yes, I never had no problems with um, my solicitor. We was throughout the case. We've been told we were fine. Mikhail would be okay um, until we got actually into the case when things started changing um, into court. Sorry, things started changing. Um, Mikhail wanted to put. Mikhail had um, 
intermediary at court um, who was with him throughout the whole trial. Uh, Mikel wanted to express um, some things to his barrister, which he did, but the barrister never put forward um, Mikel's um, concerns. So Mikel really felt like he was actually left out of the trial and it was out of his hands. But yes, as, as court goes, I felt like it, we, we was um, leading down the wrong path without us knowing. We was just getting told things that um, to please us that, that we want to hear, really. And in most like joint enterprise cases, most like most defendants are usually told not to take the stand. Was this the was a similar in this case? Mikhail was told not to take the stand um, as he had the um, intermediary and and my barrister felt like he um, he wouldn't handle it. What about you, Patricia? About Dominic? Yeah, Dominic was also Dominic has also said from early days that um, he was told not to take the stand off the record because they felt he wouldn't represent himself very well and he wouldn't be able to, the prosecution would tear him down, basically, tear him to bits or rip him apart, basically. Um, he did want to take the stand and primarily he wanted to express his, um, express his concern to the family and say that he wasn't involved in any shape or manner, you know, had no knowledge and wasn't involved. But he was told if he went into the box to say that the prosecution, he would have to stay. He couldn't just walk in and walk out. And the prosecution, that is their job to tear you down. And they would, you know, him being an 18-year-old young man, he wouldn't, he would crack, basically. So for his, for his own benefit, he was advised not to take the stand. Which, with hindsight, after speaking to other legal parties, they actually say Dominic has done himself a, mis, a misdemeanor by not, he's, you know, he should have really taken the stand, regardless of them tearing him, tearing him down he should have still taken the stand and would have been able to maybe express and articulate. I don't know. Um, yeah, but we were, but he was advised not to take the stand. So we went along with what we were told by the legal parties, assuming that they were working in our best interests. That does seem to be like a common factor in a lot of joint enterprise cases where defendants are usually told not to take the stand and for very similar reasons that you expressed, Patricia. Mm, okay. And so moving on to the next question, um, was joint enterprise or the variance used, mentioned in the charge or court case? And did you know about the joint, did you know about the joint enterprise law before your loved one was being charged? To be honest, I didn't know nothing about joint enterprise until my son's case. The, very, the, 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 the term used for the case was secondary party. So they never, the joint enterprise, they, didn't even say that. You know, I too, I'd never heard of joint enterprise until we got lumbered with it with Dominique and Mikhail's case. Um, we were never um, given the impression that it was a joint enterprise case. Um, we were always um, told that the, the evidence was very clear that it was pointing towards a another and not Dominic and Mikhail. So we really had nothing to worry about. Um, it was just the formality that we had to go through because um, he was at the scene of the, um, the crime. But the evidence was showing that it was not Dominic or Mikhail or any of the other boys that had actually done the, you know, actually done the attack. So we were very confident in reality until we actually got to court and it became very clear um, that the legal stance was very different to what we had been led to believe. So, you know, in like, for example, in most, a lot of these cases that I've seen, and I don't know if it probably most like very similar for Dominic and Mikhail, 
the judge usually says they charge like it, people that they know that haven't done that specific crime under intent to like under um, I think it's intent PBH instead of like, like you know, because of lack of evidence, would you say that was the main factor in terms of convicting them under murder? I believe so. I mean, it all comes down to an assumption. Um, it seems that they assumed there was never any evidence of any of the other boys having any knowledge of what the attacker had planned to do or what his what was in mind. It was always assumed because they were together that they must have known what was going on where all of our boys have always said, Mom, no, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know what he had planned to do. So it's always been the line of intent that they must have known. As, as the person that done the attack um, eventually came out, in, um, evidence came out in court that he left his phone at home, meaning that he was not there. Um, they have to look at somebody else to blame, I suppose. And um, fortunately, it was our boys and that is the sad and brutal truth of joint enterprise because it's it is literally a law that doesn't make sense and they're just looking for people to blame and convict even if they can't find the true person who done it. Um, so we're moving to the next question. Um, was there any prejudice in terms of behaviour by the legal entities that was detrimental to your case? I don't believe so. I mean, they did try to bring in the gang narrative that the boys were in the gang and it was some kind of turf gang war or some bad beef or whatever. But it didn't get very far because Dominic was proven that he had no, there was no history of no gang. He was, he, um, he had hostile workers that stood and gave evidence on his behalf. You know, he's never, there's never been no gang narrative mm. um, regarding Dominic. And I believe so for Mikel and, and the other boys as well. They were just friends that were just hanging out for the afternoon with themselves. There's nothing more than ever friends. I mean, if you ever, if you, I don't know if you know about Brent, but Brent, all they're doing is um, putting up houses. There's nothing for these young boys to do. So they were just riding around on their bike. And they decided to ride around in, in the cars, cruising around. Um, narratives like um, in a convoy um, mm. to make it seem much worse. But as you can see on the CCTV, none of the boys, apart from the attacker, got out the car. Yeah, they used words like convoy, you know, like it was an armed patrol. The boys were not, it was no convoy. There was two cars driving behind each other. Um, Dominic's vehicle stopped because the vehicle in front had stopped because if, if I was driving behind Karen and she stopped I would stop my vehicle because we're following each other um, there was no convoy it wasn't 10 cars hunting down a victim there was you know the narrative that they presented you would imagine you would picture an army you know an army of like 10 vehicles storming down the high street looking for one victim who surrounded him and you know murdered him in the midst of all this it's something, it was nothing like that. And we have, we've seen the CCTV, which proves, you know, what the boys say. And it kind of, it proves again how, like, the brutalness of it, because it literally just takes you being present in a scene. Um, that's one of the many factors to result in a life, mandatory life sentence. And it's like, they'll find ways to link people together in court, especially, would, do you think that, do you think that's true? Do you think that in court, they, especially in this case, they, were they trying to find ways to link the boys all together, even if, say, one didn't know each other? Did you feel like that was the case in this case? 
Yes, I would I would agree with yeah. that. It was made out, it was a plan. There was always the underlying word that it was a plan. Communicating through yeah. phones, and, been together for the whole day. And it was the intent, you know, it was a, it was a plan that they had sat down over a table and conjured up together and they all they had done is got into a car and sort of played out their plan. But there was never any evidence of any plan. There wasn't no massive texts between the attacker and the boys. There wasn't no secret calls or uncover meetings with them and the boys the boy who the, the man who actually attacked the victim was not even with the boys all day it was just the the, the boys were with their other friends riding their bikes the, the older man who actually was accused of the stabbing is an older man um older than all of our boys and he was not with the boys he was all over the place driving up and down he was seen on cameras to be driving up and down he wasn't even in the area that is crazy and it doesn't it just doesn't add up it's just a bit crazy how they would find the time to orchestrate something that isn't proof that is basically what it is because they want to push convictions it's absolutely ridiculous how has this affected everyone in your family um and how has this case kind of you know mentally and physically affected you all like brothers friends sisters um how has that been for you well, as uh, um, we all live in Bren, um to go past the scene where it's happened, I just think about the boy that died and I feel sorry for the family, but I think about the boys. I mean, I see the parents around, which makes me feel and think even more about what's happened. Um, I mean, we did get threats to life um, before we had to sign some form from the police who didn't even give us the paperwork. They just told us to sign and just walked off again. Um, I, I, I was in contact with the actual guy that came to the house, um, the police officer, who still would like me to and my son to write statements um, because they still want to prosecute the attacker but I mean the family they all miss him um that Mikhail's siblings are all growing up and Mikhail's not around now with Mikhail's um complex needs how's Mikhail going to take this when he steps out of jail how's he going to feel how's it how's it how's it going to uh, affect him and by complex needs would you mind if you can maybe explain this a bit further yeah, so he was uh, seen by um, a psychiatrist in um, the court um, who has um, been, who's diagnosed Mikhail with ADHD and autism. Mikhail had ADHD and was diagnosed when he was younger, but this is adult ADHD and autism. And this is why he had the intermediary in court for support. So, I mean, how's this going to affect him? What was his... Um, it's going to be very shocked to see his brothers and sisters being, being 20 years old and how they've turned into women and men. Yeah, like Karen also, Dominic was, we both have six children, so they're both um, one of six siblings. So, we, you know, they both come from large families. Dominic was very much involved with the family. Um, you know, grandma, nieces, uncles, brothers and sisters, he got on with everybody. We all had our own little dynamics very loving it's very sad I mean you know and the the victim as well was, was well known to 
well known to the family, the whole family is well known to us. So as Taryn says, when we park, when I pass the spot, I'm very sad for the loss of the family. I'm also very sad. It's like I'm grieving also for the lives that, for the years that's taken off our, our boys, knowing that they didn't actually do what they are accused of doing. Um, so it's like we're grieving, it's a double-edged grief. Because um, Dominic and Mikel have been a, a, are likely to lose their 20s and their 30s um, for something they didn't do. And I do say, you know, if you want to charge them, charge them for being there, charge Dominic for sitting in the car, in sitting in a car behind a car that someone jumped out of. Um, you can't charge, I don't, I've never known that you could charge anybody for murder when you haven't actually done the deed, you know, when you've been feet away, you didn't throw anything, you didn't encourage anybody, you didn't open a window and say, there was no encouragement. There was no. There was no. There was no nothing. You know, they didn't throw stones. They didn't do anything at all, apart from the guy who they who they identified as the stabber. Um, it's heartbreaking, and the fact that we all know who the stabber is, the family are well aware of who done, who took their their beloved lives away, and everybody knows in the community that they have the wrong people. But the police, I suppose, they want to tip the boxes and do a job so they can consider the case to be closed at the at the cost of four, well, three boys now losing years out of their lives for just unfortunately being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And while the person who should have been vindicated and, you know, penalised, he's free to live a life as he wants. He's got options. Our boys no longer have options. Mattel has needs. Are they be even being addressed in prison? All the boys are doing literally is 23 hours in a cell. COVID has been brutal. So there's no rehabilitation <laughs> with the offer of this rehabilitation. How do you rehabilitate boys that were sitting in a car? What are you, what, what is the rehabilitation plan? They're sitting in cells 23 hours a day. If they're lucky, they get an hour's exercise. There's no nothing, there's no education, there's no church, there's no visits, you know, it's, it's um, and the amount of money that alone is costing the government to monitor, I mean, and Dominic and McKell, unfortunately, the more you look into joint enterprise, they're not the only, they're, they're just two names. There's a pool of young people, black, white, yellow and brown, who are at the hands of this so-called justice system, who actually haven't been given justice. Very true. It is really heartbreaking because I think, just from looking at the case, I can tell both boys are really sweet and like they did not at all deserve this conviction at all. And I just wanted to like ask and see how are both the boys, like I know you mentioned the COVID um, situation and it's, we've like, everyone's heard it's very brutal in prisons um, because of the fact that they're locked for 23 hours, like you said, how, how are both the boys mentally? Well, Mikhail's found um, work to do, which is a good thing. Keeps his mind occupied. Um, I've been trying to send him in, in books, but they've um, been gone missing. Um, I'm in progress of writing an uh, email to the governor. Um, I haven't seen Mikhail now for four months um, via purple visits. Um, there have been problems with purple visits. Um, obviously credit's an issue so he can't really he's got so many friends and family to speak to so when it comes down to me it's, it's a quick hi and bye mum I don't have any credit so it's very uh, it's very hard. We're lucky in the way that both the boys have gone to the same establishment and they actually are, are next door to each other so 
Um, even when I phoned Dominic, Mikel was shout for the window, hi, Mama P, or, you know, hi, Mama, whatever. So they're both trying to teach John. I mean, it's, I think it's more of a mental challenge. It's not the physical challenge. It's actually the mental challenge of people, children. They're literally children. You know, they've, they've been there from 18. They're literally children. Um, they may be taller than us or have the frame of an adult, but they're children. And I think it's more of a keeping them mentally on top of what they're going through more than the physical, you know. So, and there's, there's nothing, there's nothing on offer for them. I'm just hoping that once, like, I think I probably say this on part of everyone, once um, lockdown ends and eases, like, it goes back to normal routine. I think it'll really help them mentally um, mm. a lot. And education can go back and, you know, anything that will help them, you know, go into library, exercise. These are mm. all things that they all these like young boys young women need like it's essential it's just ridiculous you're locking them up for 23 hours a day um so yeah hopefully like i probably say this on behalf of everyone it does go back to normal and i'm glad i'm really happy to hear that they're doing okay under the circumstances mm -hmm. um which links to the next question um is there anything else you would like to say to support why you why your loved one should be released or never charged in the first place? Well, I could talk about that for half an hour, Eve. I don't. Think <laughs> um, you know, we've spoken, and I'm very, I'm very adamant and clear. There is a law. The country has laws which have to be upheld, and I also believe there is a well, well um, renowned British justice system. I just failed to see how a law, it's not even a law apparently, a doctrine that is so old can be used nowadays and it's been turned and twisted into, to fit into, to, to kind of fit into the legal or even the police, the way the police want to tidy up the streets. And, you know, the sentencing, again, the sentences are given down to these, I'm calling them innocent, because they are innocent of the charges. They're giving them the top charge and they're giving them top sentences. And when our boys were given 20 years, we were like beside ourselves. And we, but, but I mean, our legal party said to us, you, oh, the judge is quite lenient. You're lucky. And I couldn't understand when she said like lucky. It was like, what are you talking about? 20 years, I might be dead. You know, I'm, I'm old already. <laughs> Chances are I may never see Dominic um, on, on, on road, as they say. And she said, oh, 20 years, you know, you're quite lucky. And when, when I actually look at joint enterprise, the sentences being thrown out, 33 years, 30 years, 29, 35. It's like, well, we were damn lucky. You understand me? But I mean, it's, it's I mean, charge people according to the deeds they are proven to have done. So if you want to charge Dominic for driving a car with no insurance or being in a car with no insurance and no license, then you know what? Throw it at him. He deserves, he deserves the... Um, to be penalised for doing that crime. But you can, I don't, I, I do not understand how in a civilised world with educated people who are able to read and write, we're not in a tribe in a village in Africa where a chief comes out with a spear. We these are educated people who, it makes, it, it makes no nonsense. The judge, the judge says in the same breath, we know you didn't do it, but you'll still give you 20 years and then you still spend, spend your life on parole if you should live past that 20 years. But you said he didn't do it, Judge. Yeah, all the evidence that was thrown at the jury, I just, I just for me being in the, the, the back listening, I can easily put two and two together. I mean, I just don't understand how you've got all these experts, um, all the evidence 
but you let the 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 person who attacked out. I just I I, I can't get over that. With hindsight, Ava, I do kind of think I wish in some some part of me says I wish Dominic had actually got involved. He might have got a lesser sentence. He might he might have been charged with manslaughter. He may have had a lesser sentence. I mean, how does one person get manslaughter and the other two get murder? It doesn't make sense. At all. And one walks away. I mean, I'm glad for him that walked away. But three of them are in the same car. Dominic and the other two. Dominic's the murderer. Another young lad has been termed um, got the title of manslaughter, and the other boy walked away. So, what balance of law? What it, it, it's, it's even when I speak to people, they're like the mouths drop open and they don't believe. They're like, no, Pat, must be more to it. No, there's not. There's nothing more to it. I sat in court every day. I heard the stories. I've read the. I've read the write-ups and the statements and all the rest of it. And I mean, in the natural steam of things, this is a case where Dominic's name should have been crossed out from from early days. Dominic and Mikel and everybody else should have been crossed out, and they should have pursued who they had. And they've got knowledge from the streets. They know who they want. The police have said, said to me, "It's a." They've said to me who they want. They've sat in my house and said to me, they know who stabbed the victim. And they've said to me, it's a bit of pill to swallow on the loss of me saying, well, the fact that they've got my Dominic for 20 years plus, I was told it's a bit of pill to swallow. What kind of justice is that? And I'm paying for this justice? Were taxpayers paying for the police to do this? This is a waste, this is a farce, it's a waste of taxpayers' money. This case, all the, all the money we're going to spend locking up innocent people who happen to be at the scene or received a text or received a phone call, but they're now charged with murder. How can it be so? Very true. I always think of joint enterprises back in the days when we did algebra and maths. I always think it's like that equivalent because, I mean, there's no need to use it, but people use it anyways. So. Yeah. It's just like the equations don't make like there's a long equation, but it just doesn't equal the right answer. I know it's a very terrible met metaphor, but to me, that's what when I think of joint enterprise, I think of algebra. I'm like, well, why do you need to use it if there's no use for it? Mm. That's what it feels like, especially for a lot of group young boys who are, you know, in groups, especially and yeah. how they, you know, implement that gang narrative, which is maybe in most cases. But, you know, I always say groups, never gang, because I think any boys can be in groups doesn't mean they're a gang that doesn't again all that it's just very silly to me so um I completely understand what what both you're saying like it makes complete sense but then the law doesn't make any sense so that's the that's the issue there um but is there anything else you would like to both add um onto the podcast anything else you'd like to say feel free um yeah i'd like um people to be i mean joint enterprises the law that i didn't know i'm an older mother in my 50s i'd never heard of it um dominic is eight well he's 20 now but i'd never heard of it and i mean um it's been an eye-opener the communities as well need to i mean but how do you ensure how do you ensure your your, your son or your daughter because it, it goes for girls as well it's not only just for boys but how do you ensure that you're, I send my daughter out with two and three of her friends and we might be going to the cinema and something happens en route. So all of a sudden they're a girl gang and they're all accused of whatever's taking place. I mean, what do you do? So if, if anything happens, you might as well get involved and then at least you're serving time for doing something. And when you stand back and do nothing, you're still judged in, you're still drawn into it as if you actually were involved. How do you win? 
how, how do you really win? And even I've heard cases of people actually putting their hands up and saying, yes, judge, it was me that done, you know, I, I, did, the, I did the attack or I've done whatever, please let my friends go. But the judges say, no, not good enough. Your friends were there. Your friends might have sent you a text. Your friends must have known. So 20 people are going down for one murder when someone's put their hands up for it. Joint enterprise is a farce. It really is a farce, but it is a wicked eye-opener. And it is, as I've been told by the Met Police, a very bitter pill to swallow that we are swallowing right about now. Karen, do you have anything else you'd like to add? I think Patricia said it all. It's a very, it's, 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 um, when you explain to people about joint enterprise and when you see it all on Facebook, um, it's hard. The, the, the comments that they put, it's very hard. I mean, I saw one comment say, burn the mums, like it's the mum's fault that they're there. I hate those type of comments. I don't understand them at all. Like it's it's absolutely ridiculous, especially in certain cases where they there's no fault of the family. It's literally, there's no fault of anything. To first mm. of all, so I don't know why these things come across. Like sometimes some people forget that you can. A lot of cases that I've seen is that you can come from a loving family. You can come from single parents. Whatever the issue is, like you it doesn't matter you if you're if you get caught up you get caught up in that particular situation if you're just there at the scene it doesn't matter your background you know it happens like there's no need to bring family involvements into it um but yeah I agree with that and yeah, it, was, it was absolutely lovely to talk to you both um thank you so much for joining us um it has been a very insightful and very emotional talk um, so I want to thank you again and lovely to talk, talk to you both. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And our love to the boys and let them know that we're all supporting them. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. It means a lot to us. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not guilty by association. I'm not guilty. J.E. not guilty by association. I'm not guilty. J.E. not guilty.